Dear Romance Besties, this season we will be exploring dark romance. That means I need to give y'all a little trigger warning. We are going to be reading books where consent is murky at best. There will be triggering topics of psychological and physical abuse, manipulation, kidnapping, slavery, rape, bullying, bodice ripping, and sexual assault on the page. If this is not your cup of tea, we get it. We have lots of great books for you in our previous seasons and more coming up next season. Without further ado, Shani, welcome to the dark side. Ooh, thank you, Bridget. I'm ready. Hope to see you all there. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. Hello, Shani. Welcome to my home. It's nice to have you here. Oh, Bridget, I love being here, especially because I love your, like, soft blankets that I always co-opt and snuggle in. <laughs> it actually is really cold in my house today. If you guys don't know, my house has literally no insulation anywhere. In the floors, in the walls, in the ceiling, in the crawl spaces, not a single slice of insulation anywhere. <laughs> so at night in the desert, it gets chilly and it gets real chilly in my house and I don't heat it because I don't believe in heating it when I could put on a blanket. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for that heat and I'm not about that life. <laughs> You're better than me. I turn on like every heater and then my electricity bill is out of, out of this world. And I'm like, why? But how? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm excited that we also have our producer, Jane, here. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the show, Jane. How are you? (laughs) I'm wonderful. I'm excited for this one. I am excited, too. Before we pop into Luca by Cora Riley, we are going to... What is his last name? Luca Luca Vitello. Vitello. Okay. We are going to have a little bit of fun housekeeping today. I want to read you guys one of the nicest comments that we have ever gotten. And it is from Katie from Connecticut. Hi, Katie. And it says, OMG, ladies, I have been down in the pandemic dumps and suddenly I found your podcast. And then I saw that your season one is B Dagger B. Oh my God, my boys. Heart, I can't thank you enough for helping me find my second wind while waiting to be vaccinated. Love laughing and hearing you ladies talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, that's thank you time three. And I'm a huge Chili Cole fan. Katie, we just want to say thank you so much for your nice words. Yes. Like you guys, I cannot describe enough how excited (laughs) we get when we hear nice things about how you love the podcast, how you're listening to old episodes, how we turned you onto an author or a book. That's an understatement. That's an understatement because when you when you write us nice things, we immediately text each other and then we fawn over it and we're like, oh my god, that's the nicest thing (laughs) anyone's ever said to us. People like us (laughs) and want to be our (laughs) friends. So, Katie from Connecticut, we heart you. We thank you. If you guys would like to leave us some kind words, as always, slide into them DMs or. You can get extra bonus points of love by leaving us a review and rating so that our podcast can continue going up those charts. Yes, we're number one in Macedonia, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, fun fact, we hit our highest spot on the charts ever, 113 on the U.S. book charts, which is huge. Super huge. I would say like 70 of the first 100 are like branded by the New York Times yes. or <laughs> some publisher. So it's pretty exciting. It was very, very exciting to find that out. Also, we are super excited because we have some new patrons. Yay, yay, yay. Hey, 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 hey. What, what up? up? 
Uh, so we got Callan B. B, 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 B. Thank you, Callan. I'm very hey, excited. Welcome to the fam. Welcome to the fam. We got Hanan C. And Hanan, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Let us know. But also, if you're from the Midwest, it could be Hanan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but we don't think so. We don't think so. <laughs> I literally Googled the origin of the name to, to make sure that I'm pronouncing it correctly. So I, I believe it's Hanan. Uh, and then we got Jory. Okay, Jory. Okay. Welcome. I actually really Come like that through. name, Jory, too, because it's like like a nickname. It, it feels like a nickname. And my name is like that, like Shawnee. So I love names that sound like nicknames already. People don't have to shorten them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I always said that if I was going to ever name any of my children, like if I ever wanted to just call them Sam, yeah, boy or girl, or just Charlie, I would never name them the full name. I would just name them what I wanted to call them. Yeah. <laughs> and then people would be like, oh, is it Charles? Uh, no, it's Charlie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and these are the things I think about you guys. I mean... It makes sense. I the other day my cousin she's looking for baby names for her her expected baby and um, her expected baby. <laughs> what an awkward way to say that. <laughs> a baby that's not here yet, you know. And uh, she told me uh, they you know they always do the same middle name for the kids or whatever. And um, her son's name is Weston. And, oh, my cousin's you know, name is Justin. And she was like, oh, well, the acronym for their name, you know, spells out Mars. And I was like, well, no, it doesn't. It spells out like Ma, right? Because his name is Weston. And she's like, yeah, but we, his real name is Rosie. We just wanted to give him like a government name and then like the name we call him or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was like, I get it because like they don't want to give him like the blackest name on the planet so that he could right. get a job. But also- I don't think Weston is my cousin. His name is Weston. No, no. Weston is the government name. Oh, Ro- Rosie <laughs> is the non-government name. Oh, I was so I was totally lost in that story, Johnny. I'm not gonna lie with you. Sorry, uh, my so delivery. Rosie. Yeah, so they call her Rosie boy. for a boy. I love that. You know, and uh, so they that was their reasoning, and I was like, oh, okay. So they're like, so the acronym really is Mars, and I was like, okay, but Mars is funnier. <laughs> That's funny. I was excited because Molly's uh, name is Mac. That's her initials. Oh, I like that. So she's my Return little Mac. Turn up the Mac. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm a teacher that's She's also a crazy handful, so I feel like it works for her. Accurate. That kid is great. Okay, the last bit of fun, you guys, we need your help with. So, Shani oh, yes. will tell you that any good any good creator. creator has to name their audience. Yes. I saw a whole YouTube tutorial on how to be a good creator. And the yes. number one thing is your audience has to have yeah, a name. Yeah, because we need something to call you other than like dear listeners or besties. Although we love to call you dear listeners and besties. We feel like you guys deserve a name. Yeah. But we're on the fence about a few of our options. We're going to chat with Jane. Jane's going to tell you a few things that we've she's been throwing around. We've been talking about. Yeah, what we're going to debate Jane? for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we watch you guys to weigh it. Yeah. You got to hit us up on Instagram. What you got, Jane? Starting with some cuter ones, shorter ones, catchy ones. I would go Romancers is one. Glancies is one. And my favorite is Rag Hags. Ooh. <laughs> rag Hags is pretty good. <laughs> oh, speaking of initials, Romance at a Glance's initial is Rag. Yes, That's Rag. I like rag it. Rag Hag. That's why our awards are called the Raggies. <laughs> yes. Rag Hags is fucking funny. I love Rag Hags. <laughs> okay, you guys. So you heard the options. I'm going to drop some Instagram polls and some posts about this. So go on Instagram. If you have other ideas of... Yes, 
what we can call our wonderful We're community so of listeners. Open. Please let us know. We're so open. And I, I really like the RAG. Like when we first had the name and I did the acronym like RAG, I loved it because my mom used to make fun of romance novels. She'd be like, oh, you reading them dime novels again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, why, are you reading, why are you reading those rags? And I thought <laughs> it was totally unexpected that the acronym worked out that way. Um, but I just thought, you know, let's just lean into the RAG. <laughs> I think it's great. I was when you're like, let's call it the Raggy Awards, and I was like, sold. Done. <laughs> sounds great. Sounds, sounds so good. As you guys know, it's not that hard to convince me of anything. <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode because I'm excited to talk about our tenth and final dark romance of the season. Welcome to the season finale of Dark Romance, friends. Let's get this shit popping. Let's get it popping. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance. At a glance. What you say that? Romance. At a glance. Go ahead, girl. Romance. All right, everyone. As you guys know, this is Luca Vidiello by Cora Riley. It is book number 0.5 of the Born and Blood Mafia Chronicles. So this is the male perspective of book number one, which is called Bound by Honor, which is from Arya, the female character's perspective. Interesting to note, you guys, is that I was curious about the rest of the season or series rather. And the next books are all dual point of view. So it's kind of interesting. Did you read did you read ahead of all these of books, course. Bridget? <laughs> I did not read all of them. But after reading this, I was like, at least one of us has to like skim through Arya's point of view to see what's different. Yeah. And for, and it's very much the same book aside from that in this book you get a little bit of his childhood, in that book you get a little bit of her childhood. And then you do have a couple scenes that he's not in that she has but for the most part it's the exact same book yeah i skimmed through the book as well and i was like this is the same book okay i would like uh y'all to weigh in if you can on instagram dm us please because i want to know if you enjoy having a second book written from like the other person's perspective so i think the reason that she did this is because everyone was really upset that he cheated on her mm. and they didn't have his Mindset. Yeah. So I a bunch of the reviews I was reading were talking about how, oh, this book was only written so that she could try to redeem Luca in our eyes. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have problems in romance novels where there's cheating on the page. Yeah. And typically I don't disagree. Um, and I wonder if because I read his recollection first, I really didn't care that much. I didn't care either. <laughs> But, like, I wonder if I had read her recollection, because I read that scene to see, like, how much sadder it was. And she was, like, you know, horrified and so sad because it felt like a betrayal. And and she was, like, in her mind was warming up to him. Mm -hmm. But she hadn't literally told him that. So in his mind, she's like, she doesn't want me. She doesn't want to sleep with me. I'm giving the space she wants. But, like, what am I to wait forever and never have sex again? (laughs) And so it is interesting. And, and this, I think, is the only book we've read that's single point of view this season. I loved that I was only reading one point of view because then I got to discover things about Arya when he discovered things right. about Arya. Right. Which I was like, thank God, this double point of view thing I don't like. I'm getting less and like I'm liking it less and less and less. Yeah, I feel like it's 
very normal for, especially for like romance novels and stuff. I have dual. I feel like it wasn't normal when I was a kid, like, or when I was younger reading romance. It was usually just from the woman's point of view, and you just didn't know anything about the dude except for what happened to her. Yeah. And she had to, like, figure it out. I do agree with you. I like the idea of, like, figuring it out with whoever the MC is that we're following. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about, like, what you're writing in each one's point of view if it's conflicting with your final plot. You know what I also think is that. I get more mad at the characters in a dual point of view because I'm like, you could just tell them your feelings, you fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> you piece of shit. All you have to do is have one conversation. This whole book would be different. But, like, in a single point of view, you're only yeah. getting their side, so you don't have the chance to, like, get annoyed with the other person. Yeah. Or vice versa. Um and you can see why that person's mad at whoever the MC is you're following because you're like, well, I know you feel this and you didn't tell them. So what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> Whereas if I had heard that person's point of view and heard that they, oh, I love them and I don't want to tell them, you'd be like, someone just needs to nut up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Oh, before we go too deep in, I want to I want to talk about the narrator real please, quick. Please, please. Okay. Because, so the narrator is Sebastian York and he narrates like all these indie author mafia Freaking Russian mafia, Italian mafia books. Um, but he's been in this game for a minute now, and you'll no. hear him on everything. And when I first heard his voice, I didn't like him that much because he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't put that much emotion in his voice. Okay. But now that I've listened to him so much, he almost feels like an old friend whenever mm. like the, his voice <laughs> comes on. He still doesn't put that much emotion in. Yeah. But now, but his voice is so deep that sometimes you don't care. It's just kind like, a nice rumble it, it rumbles mm. through your soul. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I've done this, but there's, somebody wrote a review about Sebastian York, and I'm going to read that us. review. And it says, Sebastian York is all of the things that I love about him in the story. Gruff, alpha, sexy, and naughty. He performs these stories so well that one can't help but grin and enjoy his voice as only he can deliver certain lines and tones. This is a delicious Sebio buffet. <laughs> uh, uh, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah, because his voice is a snack. Oh, guys, if you haven't listened to the audiobook of these, get on it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like snacks in your future. Snack. <laughs> I feel like I probably would have liked this book better if I had a rumbling baritone in my ear. I'm going to make you listen to one of the sex scenes. <laughs> I would love to. Okay, so I... Okay, let me just quickly go through the cover art and synopsis before we get too deep, deep, okay. deep into this. So <laughs> what I was laughing about when you first got here, Shadi, is I didn't even realize there was a woman in that cover art until I just <laughs> looked at it again. Because she, like, blends into his shirt. And I just saw him in, like, the suit kind of, like, looking down. And I was like, ooh, I like the black and white photo. I like the red font. And then when I just looked back at it, I was like, oh, shit, there's a lady laying in his lap. <laughs> you, just said, you just said this lady so white she blends in with his shirt. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a fun story from my college days with my college boyfriend. Oh, shit. So he was incredibly pale. Yeah. I mean, like, I am a white lady, but he was a pale, pale, pale man. To the point where, like, if he was wearing a white t-shirt, there was, it's hard to distinguish, like, where the white t-shirt ended and his skin began. (laughs) So anyways, one day we were laying on the couch watching a movie, and we weren't even, like, fucking or fooling around, like, no hands in pants, nothing. Like, we were just literally snuggling watching a movie. And the door to the house was, or apartment was behind me. And my roommate came in and we turned around and we were like, oh, hey. 
And she was like, oh my God, and covered her eyes and like <laughs> backed out. And I went outside and I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, he doesn't have a shirt on. And I, we were dying because he had a white <laughs> t shirt on, but she couldn't see it. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. Oh, that's funny. Oh <laughs> it was great. We're like, I was like, he has a shirt on. Sometimes it sometimes it be that way, man. Like my sister took wedding photos, and my sister has a darker complexion, and her husband is just pale as shit. And when you photograph people together that are that different skin tone, you have to be aware of it. It's hard to get the photos. Right yeah, the so she was kind of in the shade, and he was kind of in the sun. Oh no! And he looks like I call him ghost husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's blinding. Yeah, and his hand is on her, like, on her, like, stomach. Yeah. And it looks like a freaky, like, <laughs> to this day, I always mess with her about it. I'm like, who is this ghost husband? <laughs> Some Whoopi so Goldberg good. shit. That's so good. All right, let me tell you guys the quick synopsis. Synopsis, Bridge. All right. <clears throat> so this book, obviously, again, is from Luca's point of view, as he's in an arranged marriage with the daughter of another crime family. He is set to inherit his crime family. He set up when she's 15 years old, but the wedding is postponed at his request until she's 18. She is scared and asks him to wait and not rape her, which I feel like is fair, on her wedding night. Mm -hmm. And so he cuts himself, fakes the bloody sheets, and they go back to NYC, and he's slowly melted by her goodness, and she falls in love with the man within the monster. There is also a pretty significant portion of the book, which is his childhood with his incredibly abusive father, Mm. and... um, like him and his brother finding the mom when she killed herself, him killing his first person at 11 who was like had broken into their house to kill him and sort of like him becoming through sort of necessity and also conditioning an incredibly ruthless human being and mobster. And that's pretty much the whole story. I would love to hear you talk about how he has a heart of gold because a monster shot. <laughs> Because as I was reading this book and he's like, okay, fine, I'll wait. I was like, oh, Shawnee's not going to be happy about that. This is dark romance. I'm sure she wanted him to, like, seduce this girl until she gave it up to him. Even if she had some qualms after, I think he wanted him to, like, lick her into submission or something. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What you're saying sounds like we you know what it is? Uh, so I'm not opposed to the heart of gold. And I actually, I do love that trope. However, because we're in an entire dark romance sure. season, when you read that trope over and over and over again, you're like, oh, okay, I, w- I just want something different. Um, this was, this book to me in general was a really stock standard mafia story, you know. Mm-hmm. And the only, the darkness of it was like the abuse he handled, you know, as a right. kid and, and uh, the violence in the book and maybe the, that their marriage is a forced marriage. Right. Um, but that that's where the extent of the darkness happened for yeah. me in terms their of relationship their wasn't relationship. Dark at all. No, not at all. And I think in dark romance, when I hear dark romance, I want darkness in the relationship. Yeah. I want something more to happen. But I, I thought their romance itself was pretty, like, chill. You know, it's pretty vanilla. Yeah, pretty it's, sweet. It's pretty sweet. Pretty like yeah. you know, I I did think that she was driving me a bit crazy because we only had one point of view. It seemed like she kept being really waffly. Like she mm. she was like, oh, I'm falling in love with him, but there's no way for him to know that she's in falling mm-hmm. in love. He just sees her grimacing over and over again. Sure. And then he she's like, but I was so close to wanting to be with you, and he's like, 
How am I, I like, like that he calls her out of it. Though. Yeah, like how much she says to that, know that he's like, How was I supposed to know that? You flinch yeah. every time I come near you. Like, you don't like me. You told me you don't want to sleep with me and you don't want to be with me and you don't want to be my wife. Yeah. So like what am I supposed to think? That's why I wasn't mad at him. So I was mad at him cheating, but not uh, not cheating. I was mad at him cheating with Grace. I agree. He should have just gone to like the whorehouse. Yeah, or he should have found somebody new because he already knew Grace was into some shady bullshit, and he yeah. knows that he can't really touch Grace. Yeah. So like, out of respect for his wife, he should have gotten rid of the messy bitch. Right. And found himself a nice uh, a nice non messy bitch exactly. who knows the a professional who, professional. Paid. To who knows? Away. <laughs> who knows? She's not paid to fuck you. She's paid to leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so that was my only qualm with his cheating. Actually, was that he just picked somebody who was gonna make her life messy, and that's mm-hmm. that's my qualm with cheating in general at all, right? No, I don't want my partner to cheat on me. Let me start there. However, if you're going to cheat on me. Don't do it with a messy person. Don't do it with somebody who's going to show up at my house. Somebody who's going to be texting oh God, you no. when you all times of the day. Somebody who knows what time it is knows that you got a woman at home and that they're on the side and that they're going to take what they can get. But when you start crossing the line, you get some. You pick somebody who's crossing that line, and you're going to bring mess to my house. Now I'm going to have to shut it down, and I'm going to shut it down with fire. You know what I'm saying? This is what's going to happen. <laughs> First of all, I'm loving this entire thing right now. It's making me so happy. Secondly, I completely agree. I told my husband before we got married, I said, you shouldn't cheat on me. If you want to sleep with someone else, let's talk about it and figure out a way that we can make that happen. Yeah. But also, if you cheat on me, you ne- better never tell me. Yeah, don't That's tell me. That's your fucking burden to bear. <laughs> that guilt is your burden. That has nothing to do with me. I didn't cheat on you. That I, has, don't try to bring me into that and make me console so, you for cheating. And don't nah, give me bitch. trust issues no. because you want to feel better to about note. yourself. Yeah. No, eat that. Yes. Eat it and choke yeah. on it. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're going to, like, you know, betray the vows we've sure. made, then that's on you, bruh. That's on you. That's not on me. It's Don't not try me. to involve me in that nonsense. No. I don't no. want to be a part of that. Talk to your therapist. <laughs> exactly. Talk to a paid professional who is not me. Hilarious. Also, you guys, I want to know what you think. Jane, Jane, what do you think about the fact that he cheated on her? I also didn't care. <laughs> It didn't seem like they were they had a real marriage at that point and both of them seemed like they didn't think it was a real marriage so I was like whatever. Yeah. And it was super early. It was like a week after he got back or 5 days yeah. after he got back. Like they had just met, just married. She won't sleep with him and he's like, "Well, I don't want to pre-, like literally in his mind he's like, "I don't want to pressure her into having sex with me. So I'm going to just go have sex with someone else so that I don't pressure her." Yeah. Which like again, the like He's a terrible human being. He kills people for a living. <laughs> so it's not like he's like, like, I can see when you see his childhood where that makes complete sense to him. He's yeah. like, that's a really logical, everyone I know cheats on their wives and has sex with whores and side pieces and mistresses. Yeah. It's not a big deal. As long as you don't throw it in your wife's face. Yeah. Because he even says and that. He, he's, he, like, sneaks out after she goes to sleep. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to throw it in her face that he's going somewhere else for his needs. And for him in his life, he's just like, this is how I respect her. Like, she doesn't want me to push her. But also, and so, but also she grew up in this life, too. So I think yeah. in his, his mind, he's also thinking she, she knows what time it is. Yeah. Because, like— it's kind, of, it's kind of fucked up, but, like, a lot of my friends who come from the islands, right, 
their partners will cheat on them and their mothers will tell them that's that's just what happens yeah. that's just what they do like yeah. and their mothers were cheated on and their mothers were cheated on and they had multiple families and that sort of thing sure. and and where my dad's from that's very common and my grandfather had a whole other family in, in another city and mm. people just say that's what they do right you know and so like for him, it makes total sense to me that he's like, oh, she grew up in the same life. We have the same culture. She mm-hmm. knows that what time yeah, it is. Her, she knows her dad isn't faithful to the yeah. mom. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody has a mistress, you know? And yeah. it's like... And it's not like he threw it in her face. It was like the cousin and the and Grace, who was the one he slept with, who like orchestrated it and gave her the key and told her what time to be there so yeah. that they could catch, so that she would catch them. It's not like he brought her to the house. Like, she never would have found out if the other people weren't being shady. Yeah. But also, like, he's supposed to be, like, the most feared person ever. And the fact that they would set him up this way, like... Well, I think they thought she would never tell. That Grace would never tell? So Grace was never going to tell him that she did it. The cousin was never going to tell him. And I think they thought the wife would never, that Arya would never say that Corey, Cormia yeah. gave, oh, her, the gave her the key. Oh, I gave her the key? Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, they're not because very they're scared of Because they're assuming that she's weak. Because Grace said in her... Well, first of all, Grace <laughs> isn't part of the life, so she doesn't really understand. Mm. She knows he's a bad dude, but, like, she doesn't really understand that he would happily murder her and no sweat off his back. So Because, like, she's not part of the culture. And then I think the cousin assumes that she'll never get found out. That could be. And that she's also, like, blood family, so maybe... Right. Although he's already killed someone who's a blood family member. So Hmm. if I was her, I would be like, if her friend asked me to do that, I'd be like, nah, bitch, this dude's crazy. (laughs) He started killing people at 11. (laughs) I'm not trying to fuck with him. She's not my. You're on your own. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) In my regular day life, if somebody seems a tiny bit shady, I'm like, uh uh, nah. Uh Like, they're not even murderers. I'm just like, "Mm, there's something in your eyes that I don't trust. I'm going to back off. So there's a couple things in this book that after I skimmed through this, the other book, I was like, oh, that would have been interesting to know. Is So she tells Gianna right away that he didn't rape her that mm-hmm. first morning. Yeah. And she tell in, in the other book. And she tells Gianna, hey, don't say anything. You still have to treat him the same and be pretend that you're mad so no one finds out. So Gianna goes like basically is so mean to him because she she's overdoing she's it like over <laughs> well, partially because she's like yeah again like overdoing it trying to protect her sister but knows that he didn't actually rape her sister mm. um which i thought was like an interesting story note from the other one yeah um oh maybe okay answer me this question have you ever been to a gynecologist and have they ever given you the pill or any pills and said that these pills will take into no. into effect in two days? No, <laughs> no, it's like it's like a it's like two months, isn't it? No, it's, it's like a, it's a week to, past your period. Like, I think it's like you have to let your period go, like a full, and then a full like a, week after that before they're like fully in effect. So when he's like, you have to start taking these two days for them to start working. I was like. Yeah. Either Cora Riley has never been on the pill or, like, she's just making him dumb. I thought that was super <laughs> weird. I thought it was super weird. I mean, there, it almost would have been There were two weird better. medical things in this book that I was just like, what? Yeah. I thought it was weird. So, so like, a lot of stuff happens in this book. But, like you said earlier, it's kind of, like, formulaically mafia. Yeah. So, there are a couple things I wish happened in this book and subsequent books. Is I wish that we got to put a face to the bratva. Mm. 
because it wasn't scary to me because they're just like an unnamed bratva. Yeah. Oh, the Russians are so bad. Yeah. But there, we never had a moment where he went to go meet with like the son of the leader of the bratva and they had like an intense exchange yeah. and you knew like, oh, it's Mikhail who's coming for you or yeah. Vladimir is on his way. Like yeah. I needed a boogeyman to yeah. attach to. Whereas like just having it be like a faceless organization just didn't make it as powerful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like also... I wish that something else had to happen in this book in the background. Like, so, like, they just kept getting attacked yeah. or, and attacking each other. And yeah. that's all that happened in this book. Yeah. And I kind of wish that there was something else. There had to be, like, a pinnacle. There was yeah. no climax. Like, there was a climax of the violence in the sense that they went to um, the Hamptons to try to kidnap or kill his wife, kill Arya. But like you said, there was no, it was just like, oh, they burned down one of our shops. We're going to hit one of their drug dens. Oh, yeah. they are pressuring one of our restaurant owners. We're going to go pressure their people. And like there was, again, like no point to it aside from like territory. Yeah. Like it would have been better if it was like, oh, there's a new leader of the Bratva and he's hungry to take our territory and we have to protect it or whatever. Yeah. But it felt very like. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. And I'm also like, you know you just attacked them. Why aren't you doubling down on the protection for that's real. everywhere? For real. Like, come on now. Yeah, and his dad gets assassinated. Yeah. So his dad is a ho- literally a horrible human being. Like, worst of the worst. Just imagine the worst of the worst. And that's him. He's a terrible human being. And him and his brother are contemplating how they're going to kill him. Because now that... Basically, Luca and Matteo, I liked their relationship together. I thought they were the strongest part of the book for me, um, or one of the strongest parts. And they are, after Luca bring, like marries Arya, and they go to dinner at the dad's house, and he realizes, like, oh, he has, to, I was going to wait and let him live for longer, but he's too much of a threat to her, and I can't let him be by her. And so we got to kill him faster. We're going to let him live for, you know, whatever and just suck up the fact that he's terrible, but he's got to go. Yeah. Which I liked. I was like, okay, good. Yes. Kill this mofo. Let's do this. I like this. Make it a terrible death. And then they don't even kill him. (laughs) It's assassination by the Russians. It's a drive-by shooting. Yeah. I mean, they do, I guess, he could have been saved. And they do say, he can't be saved. Let me... (laughs) Let us say goodbye, and well, then they just watch him die while stabbing his wounds to torture him a little. Well, well I like the but. one aspect of it, right, which is that their father never let anyone go to the hospital. Yeah. They had to be taken care of by the in-house medic and or or die. Right. So now it's his turn, and he, he's, the dad's like, oh, take me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah, dude. We'll just... <laughs> And then they send the medic away, and yeah. then they just stay there and make sure he can't really stay yeah, too much. Yeah, they just watch him die. And watch him die, mm-hmm. and basically let him know that right. everything he cared about is right. about to be fucked up. Right. You know? And then they have the big funeral, and he becomes the head of the organization, the capo. And they send uh, Gianna and Arya and their other two siblings out to the Hamptons, where they think they'll be safer than in the city, because he's yeah. worried that... They'll attack while all, like, the underbosses and captains and whatever are in town for the funeral. And, of course, they don't. They hit the location where no one's at, obviously. <laughs> it's obvious. So, one, I had a trouble getting a read on Arya in this book because, again, we didn't get to get into her head. And he doesn't really understand her. And also, like, he doesn't understand gentleness in general or mm. closeness or just, like, kindness for kindness sake because of how he was raised. And so... 
anyways, it was hard for me to get a handle on her. She seemed kind of like a wet blanket for most of it where she was kind of a pushover or, but aside from the fact that she was like standing up for the fact that she didn't want to sleep with him right away. Yeah. Um, but I did like that they had their like fun little sparring session where he talked to her about like how to fight and like, so presumably in the background that was happening more than once. We just didn't see it. And I liked that even though he comes to save her, she's the one who stabs the guy so that he can then get his gun back and shoot her. And then she shoots somebody else too. And I was like, okay, yes, (laughs) I like this. (laughs) Thank you. Snaps. You shoot those motherfuckers. But in general, and I was intrigued by like Mateo and Gianna because I was like, ooh, they're much more fiery. So their book's probably going to be more fun. Oh, were you mad that the one like intense sexual experience we didn't get to see? Yeah. <laughs> so he comes home one night from like all the blood and gore and he's like literally out of it and he sees her and he just like Our dark they've already had sex they've already had sex by this point and he just like basically like pounces on her and in the morning he wakes up and sees that she has like a bite mark on her shoulder, bruises on her thighs, and he thinks that he raped her and attacked her and hurt her. And she's like, What are you talking about? Like I came like four times. Like And I loved I it. I loved it. That was great. And I'm like, really? You you closed the door on the, the best sex scene of the book so, where we're gonna get the darkness of the dark romance? Oh, yeah. Hell. So the in her version, you see it. Oh, really? Yeah, because she doesn't, she's not like out of her mind. I mean, yeah. so she it's kind of weird, though, because the sex scenes in this book are on the page, but they're also fast-forwarded. Like, did you notice that? It would be like a sex scene would start, and then it would be like the aftermath. No. So, like, the sex scenes weren't very yeah. long. They weren't no, very involved. They, they weren't very long. It was like, oh, he started licking me, and then I came, and then he came, and then now we're cuddling and tucking again. Yeah. But the, there was, it wasn't very sexy for me. This, to me, it was like a sweet little yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The sex, I wouldn't say it's five-star sex. I no. would say I do like, I mean, Cora Riley can write, you know, but I I wanted more. I wanted more from my sex scenes. I wanted more from, um, I, I wanted more connection between him and Arya. Yeah. And I wanted them to have things in common. I wanted them to have just have more in common than like, yeah. oh, we need to be together because we're married now right. let's have sex, and we still have nothing in common. And also, like, I'm a day past 18, and this is a little bit pedophilic. And, <laughs> and what's Well, I didn't think that, because he's only, like, he's only, like, 21. Is he? I thought he was, like, 25? No. Because when they first meet at the beginning of the book... She's 15. He, she's 15, and he's, like, 19. Oh, really? Or 20. Let's ask Jane. Jane! <laughs> Lady Jane. <laughs> I remember him being 20 when they meet. I think he's 23 to 25 when they're married. Okay. When they met. So uh, even so, like he's young. It's not like he's like in his 30s. Okay, like he's okay. a young. It's just like he seems older because he's been killing and in charge of so much age. since a child. Yeah. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Because the same thing happens with in the future books with like Matteo and Gianna. Yeah. Like he's he's cuz he's 2 years younger than Luca and she's Two years younger than so like they're only a couple of years apart. Okay. okay. It's still like crazy that they're marrying these people off at 18 yeah. in a modern society, but like at least the people they're marrying to in this book are like 20, 23, <laughs> 25. Like that's reasonable if you're 18. Yeah. But they were gonna marry her off at 15. Yeah. Like, her if dad's he, if a he dick. had been down for it, 
Like, yeah, her dad is a creep. Yeah. Her dad's a creep in the next books, too. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, as you could probably tell, I was curious to see how the books progressed. But I will be totally transparent that I completely sped read through them. Like, I really was not reading closely because these none of these books really, like, hit home for me, especially. I will say that I thought Mateo and Gianna's, like, connection was more fun and more fiery. And they were kind of, like, going bickering against each other a little bit. But I wanted Gianna to, like, at the beginning of the book and in this book, she says that she's afraid of... Um, like being a part of the world because she see she feels it in herself that she could like be a part of the darkness. Yeah. Like when so Arya goes to dance at the club that the family owns with Gianna when she's visiting and gets slipped a roofie. <laughs> and Gianna's immediate reaction is like, I hope they kill you and rape you with a broom. Fuck you. And she's like trying to ki- kick this guy. And I was like, okay, I'm interested in her character. But then she doesn't like I wanted her later in her book to like to fight like embrace because she says at one point she obviously comes she actually runs away obviously comes back because they catch her and she is at a party and she's like oh I'm just one of those mafia wives who's like dripping in diamonds and like has no opinion about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I wanted her to be like if I'm gonna be here like I want to fucking be here like put me in the shit like mm-hmm. I wanted her to like go in the dark with him and have something happen and then she's like we're gonna hunt this person together or some shit I don't know yeah something and that did not ever transpire also it was a really questionable thing speaking about hospitals because he oh the blood transfusion if you talk about the blood transfusion I I died I died when they did the direct person-to-person blood transfusion in this book. I lost my mind yeah they didn't clean the blood Luca's like my blood's O negative put my blood in her and I was like it's (laughs) I mean, it would keep you alive. For, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, but I mean, there's so many things that I'm like, I've had a, many blood transfusions in my life. And I, 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 I was it's just like. It's risky even when the hospital cleans it. It's not is it risky, but also your body has a, a can reject sure, it. Sure. So they give you medication so you don't reject sure. the blood. So there's no, like, he gives her the blood transfusion and then, like, there's no she's checking of that she's okay. Also, they have or- sex, like, two days later and like, that bitch got shot. They <laughs> have sex two days later. <laughs> Just, I don't Come know. On. That, uh, honestly, that took, that blood transfusion moment took me way out of the book. Like, I was just like, what? Well, they take Luca to, Mateo to a hospital in his book. Oh, do they? Okay, because it seems like he got shot three times in this car chase. Yeah. And she has to get his, like, heart stops. They have to give him CPR. Or she has to keep him alive, keep him CPR. Yeah. And then when Luca gets there, he's like, we have to take him to hospital. The wounds are too bad. But then the next day, he's like, I'm leaving this hospital. And it turns out he has a concussion and cracked ribs. And I'm like, what happened to the gunshots? (laughs) I was so confused. I was like... If he had a concussion, he's not going to that. Where's she said she's covered in blood. Yeah. I'm like, where's all this blood? What's happening? <laughs> Sometimes with these authors, like, I feel like they can put words down on the page, right? And almost like it makes sense, but then it really doesn't. Like Or if you're writing and it's like maybe you wrote it a month ago and you don't like reread enough of the past. Oh, to know what you changed. But you or would assume you- someone would have caught that in a beta read because I was immediately like she was covered in blood. His heart stopped. But then he has just a concussion and cracked ribs. Like, her doesn't stop from cracked ribs. What's happening? What happened to the blood? What happened to the gunshot? He's supposed to have three gunshot wounds. Like, come on. 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't quite understand it. But you know, like for me, I know like these books are like potato chips, right? So I don't expect too much for them. I expect three stars, they get me what I need, and I keep moving on. Yeah. Um, but I guess like is it too much to ask for consistency or for a slight bit of realisticness in in the books? I know like there's some stuff that you're just gonna be like, oh, okay, it's a car chase, whatever. It's not really super realistic, um, but and it adds to the excitement. But there's some things I think that, like, if you balance realism with the non-realistic things, mm-hmm. then it f- also like you're writing a book, so like she could have just said that they had sex a week later. Yeah, like it like, doesn't. It didn't have to be two days. It could have been a week. It could have been two weeks. It's just part of my. It's hard for my brain yeah. to not latch on to those inconsistencies yeah. or weird things. And I'm still thinking of them like three pages past. And so that always takes me out of the book where I'm just like, but why? Also, they like, you could have not injured her to the point that she needed a blood transfusion on the spot like that. Or or he could have taken her to the hospital. He could have been like, no, for you. Well, he said he was going to. Yeah. And then she said, so she takes the bullet for him. She was like, no, like, it's too risky. Keep me here. Yeah. And I would have been like, Which was like her... (laughs) She was trying to keep so his. It was her trying persona. to like show like I can be the queen of this mafia. Yeah. But I also feel like it would have been nice for him to be like, no, you took a bullet for me. Like I don't want you to die. Yeah. Or doing it. However, like they wouldn't take her to the hospital because the questions would be too much. Also, so. okay, hear me. <laughs> out. How do you explain that your wife got shot? Hear me out. <laughs> Where's the bodies of the? They trip? have a lot of money. They talk about how much money they have. Seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. Why don't they have like a hospital? type thing just on call like a a surgery hospital situation that's like the set black up. dagger brotherhood yes where is their training center where with their it? hospital like if you have that I much 100% money 100 agree i don't understand. i in fact know that those are and you know how i know shani from film and television <laughs> <laughs> no but i 100 guarantee you that they would have a sterile surgery room to do whatever they needed to do so that they could keep it under wraps yeah you know yeah, it's I mean? not like in the old, like this was like an old timey thing, you know, where he has his medical bag and he comes to the house and he's like the, the is, mafia doctor. But I'm like, this, this is, is supposed to be modern day. He should be, he should be like, like, bring them to me in my sterile yeah. hospital room inside my house. Sort of exactly. Thing. They should have their own ambulance. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't get why they don't have something more without the amount of money that they have. Yeah, they should they have, have a better facility. Absolute, they should have absolutely. blood bags like in yeah. the closet. Ready to go. Absolutely. They shouldn't be doing person-to-person blood transfusions. No, they should not be doing person-to-person blood transfusions. Uh, Hilarious. Shani, that's all the things I had to say about this book. Did did you have other things that we missed? Jane, do you have any any things that jumped out at you that we didn't talk about? Well, I wanted to ask you a question, actually, because um, I'm Italian, and when I was raised, the mafia was, like, not romantic to me. It was not romanticized because of, like, certain things that happened. And, um... I was wondering why, in your point of view, why are mafia stories, like, what makes that sexy to you, mm. knowing mm-hmm. the real-life stuff? Sure. That's a great question, Jane. That's a really great question. Jane, I want to dig into your past a little bit, but we're on a podcast that's public, so I won't. I think, in general, the moff- whether it's the mafia or whether it's a gang or whether it's a assassin— or a contract killer. I think or we, we draw the line at what, like Nazis, I think. Nazis, I think, yeah. But everybody else is like. But I think gay. in general, the danger and their willingness to kill for you and their willingness to protect you 
and it, it's easy to tap into that sort of elemental feeling of protection and it's the, like i think it's the closest to like real real life i'll use that in quotations but it's the closest to real life that you get to like paranormal alpha um right. like animalistic right like primal quality yeah to me and and like and like the safety like you know you're safe with them because they'll kill for you kind of thing um also in general like I personally, this, I don't think this book delivered on it, but I personally like a good suspense romance where there's a lot going on and the adrenaline is pumping and like things are happening. I enjoy that. Shawnee does not, as you guys well know, but I, I really enjoy that aspect of, of some of these books. Um, but in terms of it, I mean, like there's nothing really sexy about the mafia. There's nothing not really if you sexy actually about really the game. About <laughs> like, there's nothing really sexy about people who actually harm people and kill people. But I think in fiction, it gives you license to explore those like darker thoughts and feelings that you could never go and explore in real life. Yeah. And also, it feels like you're getting. I mean, obviously, who knows how realistic these books are? And I'm saying not this book, but like these as a category, books are. Like, motorcycle gangs. Like, I'm never going to go and be friends with or know motorcycle gang <laughs> people, nor am I ever going to be a lover of one. But I can imagine this code that they stand by yeah. and the way that they'll treat me and how they'll, you know, bring me to five screaming orgasms a day after <laughs> riding on their hawk. You know what I mean? None of it's realistic. <laughs> also, there was so much cunnilingus in this book. It was he a went lot of down on her constantly. Yeah. Yes. You know, Jay, though, like, that's such a great point because I, as as we're talking, I'm trying to put it into different perspective, right? So, like, how would that relate to me, right? You know, and I don't know if this is an equal exchange thing, but it's like, would I romanticize, like, the KKK, like, having, like, a, you know, like, like a, like a clandestine, they'll kill for you, but <laughs> they might be you that they're killing. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you're, you're really, like... Thinking about the Bloods or the Crips as being like a really romantic, a really romantic organization, <laughs> you know. And I think it's probably. I mean, we when you really boil it down, I think the mafia has been romanticized to us in movies for sure. Uh, growing up, because just like Bridget said, we've watched a lot of movies with gangs, but they don't romanticize gang uh-huh. life. The but gang they members do. are always yeah. the villains. So I think we're partially trained to romanticize like mafia and Russian mafia and that sort of thing. So it's yeah. probably a little bit of that like that that gaze for sure um, as well. Wow. And like and the idea again like that we've come back to many times this season is wanting to be the one thing that he will treat Right, right or treat well and or be take an care of to everyone else yeah he can be yeah. horrible to everyone and kill everyone else but he loves and respects and treats you well there's something like weirdly uh, attractive about that idea that you are the person in the same way that i love again to shawnee's thing shifter romances is like i want to be the one that's it i want to be the one <laughs> The soulmate. I want to be the bond pair. I want to be the one thing that you will stop killing for or kill for, depending on the situation. Like, I want to be the one who can calm the beast inside of you. I want to be the one who can bring it out in a sexual sense. Like, I want to be the key to all of the things that the partner is. 
in fiction, in real life, I'm like, I don't need that pressure. <laughs> See your therapist for your issues, but, but I think, in fiction. I think a lot of people who want to explore this in reality do it through kink. So a lot of people have are, are like bonded mates. And if you go like on FetLife, where like that's where all the kinky people are, you'll see what they call What is it called? FetLife. F-E-T. Oh, like life. fetish life. Yeah. Got it. And like people have on there their partner. Like just on Facebook, you can be like in a relationship with, but all the titles are much kinkier things. So sure. it'll be like bonded pair with, you know, wolf gang puck. Wolfgang Buck. Penis. Uh, <laughs> notorious chef, Wolfgang Buck. Wolfgang Buck's penis. You, know, like. <laughs> you may have seen him in the soup aisle. <laughs> oh, that was my best joke of the day. That was a good one. You know, but like, but people put that in there. They'll say pet of, you know, mm. or whatever. Um, and so. <laughs> if someone ever introduced me, this is my pet, I'd be like, you better check yourself at the store. You better chickity check yourself. <laughs> That would be oh. furious. How does does that answer your question, Jane? I feel like we <laughs> went off on a tangent. Yeah, no, that's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see where in general the being adjacent to or hearing real stories about any of these communities would make you be like, no, I don't want any part of that. Like I can imagine again, like if I lived near a notorious motorcycle club who I knew killed people or had harmed friends of mine or broken windows at a local restaurant I liked or something like that, I would be like, that's not sexy. Those people are crazy. Um, That's like all those people who like um, the Night Stalker, like all the, you know, uh, like, all the women who would come to his hearings after he knew he killed all these people, raped children, all this other stuff, and then they were in love with him. And oh, yeah, like the people who, like, fall in love with, like, death row inmates. Death row inmates and, like, and stuff like that. I mean, that's further than I'm talking about, but yes, I, that is also crazy. crazy. Guys, we support a lot of kinks on the show. We are all about not yucking your yum, however. <laughs> There's some yums <laughs> that need to be yucked. If you fall in love with a known murderer and pedophile... After they have already been found out, that feels concerning. Feels <laughs> like some, maybe some the one right. thing I'm going to put my foot down, that that's just not a good idea. That's, I think that's it, Shawnee. I, my foot is down. <laughs> Do not fall in love with a known murderer. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, but she falls in love with a known murderer on oh, the show. Shit. Let me rephrase. <laughs> Don't fall in love with a known Serial killer. <laughs> or murderer. Just murderer. Just across the board. Murder, murderers probably aren't a good oh idea. Gosh. Guys, let's take a break after that. Gorgeous, gorgeous advice from me. Gorgeous. <laughs> we'll be right back. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope-ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome Shani. back. Let's talk about our ratings. Okay, let's do it. I, for one, had a hard time rating the characters in this, but I want to hear what you thought about Arya. Um, I will also tell you I had a very hard time. It's probably why I just settled for threes. <laughs> okay, so I kind of settled for threes, too. 
because I didn't hate this book, but I also didn't like it a lot. It's I was just kind of like, it felt very like, well, obviously I had to finish it for the podcast, yeah. obviously. And then once I read it, I was like, well, everyone's going to want to know what I think about the next ones because they know I'm an addict. <laughs> so I read the next, I actually skipped book two because it's about Dante. And I was like, no one gives a fuck about that. Let's go. I want to find Dante? out about He's the gonna inherit the other crime family oh, got that it, she got it. that Arya comes from but I was like we don't know anything about him I don't no, care about no. him and then the next book was about Matteo and then and Gianna and then uh, Liliana and Romero you know what would have been better because you were talking about how the we didn't get to hear anything about the the Russian family yeah, yeah. and I would have loved to have met like you know one of their sons or daughters and right? then in book four there's a Cross, crossover I know come on no because well, then they're having all this like infighting within the mafia families yeah. and I'm like how why are, are you we offering this? virgins up to the Russians to calm this feud exactly we got so many virgins we got a lot of virgins <laughs> we're keeping these ladies on lock Going to Catholic girls' schools. They have bodyguards who follow them around who will get murdered if they touch them. Exactly. <laughs> I will have to I I mean, yeah. Anyways, I kind of, I said that, I, I said that he was a Mick child abused mafia man. <laughs> I called him a Mick lick mafia fingers. He does, he Mick licks lick that girl. Fingers. I know he's in allowed to have sex with her for a I while, so he's mafia, taking what he can get, but he... Goes down on her every five seconds. Which, honestly, is refreshing. Because I read a lot of books where there's, like, the dick is the center of the show. And I'm like... I'm not mad. I'm not mad that he went down on her. I just think it was, like, a, almost repetitive. Oh, yeah. Because well, there was nothing else, like, progressing for a yeah. while in the story. So it's not like he went down on her, but then, like... I don't know. Okay, so, so it's not book, like he, they were adding in different areas they were doing it. Like, yeah. like, like in a future book, Gianna and Matteo, he like fingers her at a par- dinner party. Like there's like some fun going on. I like on. that shit. Like so, so, this book felt very. Okay, so this I book, don't know. this book is a potato chip book, right? It's only meant to fulfill a specific dynamic, like a specific thing. And I think that if you are a potato chip book, you have to deliver the sex. It means your story is not strong. So give me or more sex. Or you have to have one or the other. <laughs> you have to have one or the other. Yeah. Like, you can have sex that's that's just fine yeah. if the story is great. But and if story your story is mad. mediocre, then you need to have, like, flaming scorch the sheets. Yeah. And I feel like this was, like... I need to overlook pretty... that blood transfusion and be like, I don't care about that. They've been fucking a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I don't care. It's been two days. That seems totally reasonable. Totally. Rip her clothes <laughs> off. Let's go. <laughs> and I was... I honestly was, like, basically skimming some of the sex scenes because I was like... Yeah. And then when I read her version, had it been very sexy, I would have reread all the sex scenes because I would have been like tell me more about what happened from your point of view and I, I, I didn't I, I just skipped them I can tell I felt about this book because normally when I'm really invested in a book I lower the speed that it's mm. that I'm reading it at yeah um, you guys Shawnee mm. reads at 3x or listens at 3x which yeah. is like a chipmunk <laughs> it's like listening to me that's how she does it it's like listening to me talk 
I think you've trained me. Really. <laughs> like my sister's like, I can't tell what they're saying at three X. Yeah. I'm like, really? Because this is how fast my brain moves at, at any, you know, which apparently people tell me is like an ADHD thing. Like mm. when people speak slowly, you want to murder them. And which is very true. When any mm. anytime that people speak too slowly, I'm like, dear God, would you gouge my eyes out? Just put me out of my misery right now. Um, but normally when I'm like, oh, I want to ingest this book a little bit better. I'll lower it down to like two or even 1.5. Um, this book, I couldn't raise it high enough. I was like, oh my God, I just need to get through it because yeah. it's it was boring to me. Honestly, nothing happened except they just kept fighting each other. And I was like, okay. Like, I, I gave both All characters right, threes, but I gave the book overall a two. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Yeah, because I didn't think either one was terrible. Like, he did not bug me overly like I didn't feel like any of his choices were things that I was like I curse you like he didn't like send her away you know yeah. I hate when they send him away for their own good he didn't do really anything for her own good yeah. which I appreciated he let her like make her own choices and and ask for things which I appreciated and same thing like she was like fine I mean she told him I don't have sex yet she like asked for her sister to come visit she like soothed him when his dad died and he was like going crazy and she killed that guy which I liked. Do you know what I want, Bridget? I want in some of these romance novels, I want them to go to the grocery store. I want somebody to go like, I need to go pick up tomatoes. You want to come they with me? They don't pick up tomatoes. They have a fucking housekeeper, no, chef. They listen, live in a mansion. I know they do, but, but I like the scene where she tried to make an omelet. But, She's like, I can cook, and then they burn the omelet. And he's like, Let's go out to eat. That I scene think, was funny to me. Like sometimes because we read all these like millionaire billionaire books, and they don't do a lot of these things. But sometimes I feel like the relationship building is in some of these mundane tasks. Everything that's, hap- everything that's happening is like on a hundred. I'm like, oh my god, like hundred percent. You know, and I'm just like, hey, you know. I ran out of pads today. I'm gonna head to the grocery store. I gotta get some some pads, and then that that takes its own little journey, and you get a little something from that. For sure. Like this book to me, just I, I don't know. I just I don't know. Can't put my finger on it, but it's just he like, also didn't. You know what it was? He didn't spend any time with her. No, he was at work all the time. She told him that. She's like, she's like, uh, how am I, how supposed, am I supposed to get to know you? Get when you're to going know all you? day. You know, but like that's the thing that these books sometimes for me are missing. They're like these huge actions on top of actions, and there's never yeah. just these quiet, sweet moments where you get a chance to feel their chemistry. Like they right. didn't have chemistry to me. I don't know. I thought the only scenes where I felt it were the sparring scene mm-hmm. and like her changing in the thing, and then the scene where they made the omelet. I thought it was cute. The omelet scene was cute, but I never felt like a connection between them for real. For um, real. But yeah, for the most part, it was they didn't. I mean, I honestly, wish they, they had had more sweet me. moments. Yeah, little. I think authors underestimate how nice those little sweet moments can yeah. be in the building of Talia Hibbert does sweet, like sweet mundane moments incredibly well. That's awesome. Like, what if you guys have read um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown? Highly recommend. Get on it. But he brings her. She's not. She's um, having a bad day, and not a bad like oh I'm sad day, but like a bad physical day because she mm-hmm. has um, a condition where she's like always in pain, which I forget the name of. Is it fibromyalgia or? That sounds right. But don't quote me on that. Jane, can you Google what um, condition Chloe Brown has and get a life, Chloe Brown, please? And so he, like, makes her tea for her and brings it over and tucks her in with a blanket and just sits next to her. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm up for it. And he's like, no, we're not doing anything. Like, you don't feel good. Like, we're just going to hang out. And I was like, the sweetness. (laughs) My heart, he got me. (laughs) 
<laughs> he got red got me right on the heart you guys if you haven't read that i highly um, recommend it go get it talia I, hibbert is a queen i still have not also we did a great interview with her you can check that out and we also reviewed one of her other books last season i really liked our interview with her that was i did too it's weird because I feel like every interview, I'm like, I really like this interview. I They're really also like good. this interview. I really like this. I mean, I'm going to toot our own horn, Johnny, but all of our interviews are wonderful. We ask totally different questions. We just have, like, such a fun chat with everyone. Everyone's been super open with us. Like, we haven't had any authors who are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that or, yeah, like, closed off. Everyone's like, yeah, let's talk about romance. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about fun. <laughs> um, Jane says she does have fibromyalgia. Thank you, Jane. Um yeah, but anyways, yeah, I guess I guess let's just go to our favorite line. Let's keep moving. Let's go. <laughs> I got nothing else to say keep about this. I got one. nothing else to say. Let's keep moving. <laughs> All right, Bridget, let me tell you my favorite line. Um, and it just went back to the one of the first things that he said to her, which was, I have no intention of using a fucking condom with my wife. <laughs> and I was like, damn right you do. <laughs> And if I was her, I would be like, um, until this birth control is working, you will use a condom, oh. sir, because I am 18 years old and I will not be having a trial. Bridget, it'll work after two days. <laughs> What's the That's problem? We're in magical fairyland. <laughs> Guys, fairy I'm so two, excited two for aliens pill. and cyborgs because in aliens and cyborgs are going to be like, this is our alien technology. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, you Great. can't get pregnant with... Super duper. Because of this technology. Oh, I can smell you're not fertile. Boom. Wonderful. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Fucking boom. I think I am so excited. I Blue love aliens and cyborgs because there's no condoms. Red ones. <laughs> All the colors. Giant penises. Oh. Men who expand during sex. Oh, man. So it's much. so funny, like, giant penises because I always, you know, read these books and the penises are so, 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 so large. And that is not one of my kinks. Um, like, I don't care the size of the penis like in and how you work it. in books yeah like I don't you know why because I pick the penis I want like yeah. when I'm when I'm reading the book I don't listen to the author's instructions on half no, no, of no, the I things don't. in a book I don't listen to the description if it's a mansion and she describes it I've built my own mansion before she can ever describe yeah, it she said the word mansion and I was like got it got it you know what I mean <laughs> got it. and I, I I wonder why authors even describe things anymore like to the extent that they do because we anybody who's a reader already makes up whatever is mm-hmm. favorable to them. Yeah. That's why when you watch a movie based on a book, you never are satisfied because they never can be in your brain yeah. recreating the magic you created. Like, I agree. You know what I mean? So it's, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know why I got on that high horse, but <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, penis is a paranormal <laughs> Oh, penises and alien romances. Yeah. This is what I like about penises and alien romances. Again, they say things like, I gave you a shot, so you'll be able to take me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Super. <laughs> Solved it. You're an alien. You get, you get, now when you smell my pheromones, you just get dripping wet and are always ready for me. Oh, Wonderful. Lovely. No foreplay. I don't need foreplay. I'm just there. I don't, okay. One, they always give them foreplay, though. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah, they, they have, oh have once to. I'm inside you, I'm going to expand. But my pre-cum is magical, and so it's going to loosen up your body and change your biology from the inside out. Super. Done. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> and I am excited for it because it is not reality. It's not contem- It's not like in America, in the world, in yeah. the United States. These are aliens. We don't know what they're capable we of. We don't have no But clue. you told me they have special semen that will change yeah. my biology, and I believe you. Yeah. All right. My favorite line of the book was... 
she's like, well, you're not going to be faithful or something. Like she says something like that. And he's like, what do you want me to be faithful forever if you never are going to have sex with me? And he's like, what do you want me to say, Arya? I kill and blackmail and torture people. And I was like, exactly. Fair. Like, fair. <laughs> he's not trying to hide who he is. He kills and blackmails and tortures people. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. he... I mean, he's going to go have sex with other people if you're going to try and make him wait a whole year to have sex with you. Like, he's going to have sex somewhere else. He's been having sex since he's... 13 years um, old. He's been killing people since he's 11. Like, it's he a child abusive. <laughs> what? Look, I mean, he's not a well man <laughs> psychologically. I feel like a little bit like Arya is kind of like that that kid who has a toy and doesn't play with it, and then another kid comes and plays with it, and then they're like, no, that's mine. Oh, are you describing my <laughs> oldest daughter, Kira, when yes. Molly looks <laughs> looks at any toy in her house? <laughs> I clearly was ignoring this toy for three weeks, but now, now this is my favorite toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very, very aware of that. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, uh, my favorite review, um, I always forget to write down their names. This is by someone on Goodreads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Madonna whore complex is strong with this one. I wanted to give this two stars, but when I read the direct transfusion part, I laughed so hard that I had to add another star. How could I not? I hadn't laughed this hard in months. <laughs> So she gave it three stars? She gave it three stars. Hilarious. Okay, mine was from <laughs> Asheronada Movebo. Gave it one star, which I don't necessarily agree with. One star, but I thought her review was funny. This book and uh, the other, I guess there's another POV novella, are about the same events from the same character's point of view. So it's about the same fucking thing, but I guess Cora realized that she fucked up in the first one, so she had to write another book, which is the same thing. But Luca isn't a horny so chauvinist pig anymore? Question mark. That is my problem. Anyway, it did not make me love him more or love him at all. He's still chauvinistic, a cheater, and has no personality as a mattress. <laughs> the only thing I liked was a peek into him and Mateo's past family and childhood. And I thought it was hilarious that she described him as a cheater with no personality who is like a mattress. I was like, that's fucking funny. That's funny. I have a question for Jane. Lady Jane, do you like to read the same book written from another character's perspective? Absolutely, yes. When Midnight Sun came out, I bought it and I downloaded the illegal PDF because I couldn't get to my house in time to get <laughs> the uh, copy that was sent to me. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I love when they give me both perspectives. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you guys are all book nerds, so you probably already know, but that is from the Twilight Saga my uh, book one from yeah. this point of view. My sister texted me furiously. Did you like the book? <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> Not but really. I heard it was really, like, it was, like, longer and needed a lot of editing. Yeah. Also, Edward so is so whiny. So mm. whiny. And actually, mm. similar to this one, it was, like... The one scene where he, I mean, Luca is like, the darkness, the darkness is consuming me. I'm so dark. And, like, he's thinking that in the restaurant when they're eating sushi. And then he's, like, feeding her with his chopsticks when he's like, I'm so yeah. dark and horrible. And, yeah. like, mouth-feeding her sushi. Yeah. 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 So dramatic. They're so dramatic. I, I do feel like they, a lot of times, like, don't have a, I think anyone in general, though, doesn't have a clear view of who they are. A lot of times. Yeah, but I, I'm with Jane the fact that, like, a lot of books do this, especially all these dark romance books, where they're like, I'm consumed by the darkness. I'm going to, and yeah. like, I but get. But then he's like leaving sweet notes for her, and you're like, Are you consumed? Because 
That seems nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird because I think sometimes, and this is in real life, people get co- so attached to who they are defined as or how they've defined themselves for years that they don't notice themselves growing or changing. Sure. They don't sure. notice that people are seeing them differently than they've ever mm-hmm. seen themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're not willing to do self-reflection, you'll just always stay in that place. I agree with you. I just had a thought. They never had a conversation in this book about how he had to be different towards her in public than he would be in private, right? No. And that was dumb. Because they had in that private, he's very like, you know, like yeah. he's in love with her. So he's yeah. like kisses her hair and holds her hand and blah, blah, blah. But when they're in public where he's in his official like capo mode, he like basically ignores her completely yeah. and doesn't refer to her at all. And she... I remember, like, the first time she kind of looks at him in confusion because in the car he was, like, being nice to her and then he immediately stops. But he never explains to her. Although she, I guess maybe he thinks she should just know because her dad is in the world. So she should just know that, like, he can't show any weakness and she has to just be, like, he doesn't want people to know he's attached to her, I guess. I could see that being a justification. However, I had the same thought. they should have had a conversation. In the book, I was like, why don't you just tell her I got to be mean to you in in public? Because she would have been fine with it. Yeah. It wasn't like he minced other words. It no. wasn't like he was afraid to say anything. He was, right. you know what I mean. So I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't have. Told or like when that. she looked at him with confusion. I feel like that night when they got home, he's like, you know, in public, I can't show people that I love you because yeah. then you're going to be a bigger target than you already are as my wife. Yeah. And like that would have been hot. That would have got him. Made. I know. And then also like his dad's such a psycho. I would have <laughs> been like, look, I, my dad can't know I love you because. Otherwise, he's going to try and, like, fuck you himself because he's a sadistic, scary piece I of shit. I wish that his dad was, out of, like, out of character in real life. But I've so- known so many of my friends' dads who've been that creepy to me that, like, when I was reading that, I was just like, oh, this really – that actually like, – that really well, exists. Well, the dad gets creepier because, spoiler, in Liliana's book, when Liliana finally makes it to 18, he marries her to a captain who's his age, like, in their 50s. Oof. Because he wants to marry that captain's 18-year-old daughter. Oof. So he, like, trades his daughter for the other guy's daughter. Oh, man. Anyways, he's a creepy... I'm not going to say anyways. He is a creepy, super creepy... He is a super creepy... He is a super creepy, sadistic motherfucker, and he doesn't get any better. He's basically the worst throughout. Nice. And also the the Russian thing never develops. It's always, like, an ominous bratva thing. It never develops into a concrete... That's a womp. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, you know, I am ready. I'm ready to be out of dark romance. I'm I'm ready. I'm good on my dark romance. I'm I'm ready for aliens and cyborgs. And you know what? I'm ready for my genre historicals. Yes, I am ready you guys, to get as into a birthday present to Shawnee, I added a historical season in. So we're gonna do aliens and cyborgs, fantasy romance, historical romance. Then we're gonna slide into our holiday season, go through the PNRs, and we're gonna go into our Navy SEALs. You know, sort of like down home Veterans Day boys. And then we're going to slide right into those Thanksgiving boys, you know, country boys, cowboys, you know, those sweet, sweet boys (laughs) taking you on a ride. (laughs) And then we'll go right into our Christmas holiday season of just fun and fun and fuckery, as it were. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good year, you guys. I will say, for those of you who love dark romance and have come to see us during this dark romance season, we will do more dark romances in the future. Yeah, just not a whole season, probably. Probably not, ten, probably not 10 in a row. Yeah. Probably like a couple here, there, maybe five in a row. Yeah. Because 10 was a lot. 
Yeah, it was. it was a lot. I needed a little pick-me-up in between. I was like, I need something happy. I know. I was reading a lot of Lucy Lennox and May Archer. <laughs> like, so fun. Such fun. Yeah. Male-male romances. Like and I was like, palate cleansers. Yeah. <laughs> cleansers. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I probably think my favorite of the season would have to be Avril Ashton's book because she leaned into the darkness for me. I think mm-hmm. I think that one took the, takes the award. Oh, my God. Okay, so my favorite book as a whole was Corrupt, and I liked the rest of those by Penelope Douglas. Mm. I think the sexiest book or the sexiest sex was The Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Love the Sinner was, like, right there with Devil's Advocate. And then I also thought that Pet had a couple moments – with the dirty talking yeah. and him, like, fucking her up against the glass and stuff that were quite nice. Um, the Devil's Advocate, yeah, was... But I think The Devil's Advocate was my my steamiest of that's the season. A, that was a good steam. That was a good steam. It was a lot of steam. Yeah. <laughs> and then Love the Sinner was also a lot of steam. Yeah. It was very dark, though. Super and her dark. other books are even darker. Which which I was there for, because I was like, I don't want to Call the corner, you guys. It's dark. Yeah. And then her interview, if you haven't listened to the interview with Afro Lashton, listen to that because she is unabashedly like. Loves her books. Loves her books and who she is. And I love it. So here for it. And she has like the biggest smile I have ever seen in my life. It's like her her smile makes you smile. You can't not smile when she's smiling at you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) That's like you, Shani. Give me that. Yeah. Big smile. (laughs) Love you so much. Love you so much. All right, you guys, that is a wrap on season number six of our podcast. If you can believe that already. That's a wrap. Dark romance. We did this. We did that shit. We did that shit. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it went well. It did. It went really well. And we we met a lot of new people during dark romance. Yes, we did. And Welcome y'all kinky as our- shit. Yes. Welcome to all of our new listeners and to our OGs. As always, we love you. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks for... Aliens and cyborgs. Yes, baby. It's going to be good, Bridge. going to be good. All right. Well, bye, Jane. Bye, Shawnee. Until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.